0: Morning Becca, how's it going? Hi Allie, Oh, it's going really good. I'm excited about today's topic. Um, I think it's really pertinent.
1: Yeah, so in this episode, we are going to chat about finding an office space to work out of for your massage practice. Some common things to look for, negotiating with landlords, and post-COVID considerations.
0: Align with the massage business mama comes to you with a combined 22 plus years experience in the massage biz as entrepreneurs providing actionable tips and resources you can implement today becca an off-grid living quirky trail running massage therapist esthetician and yogi offers her business and wellness perspective to you with highly caffeine fueled compassionate wit.
1: Allie, your hardworking, driven, creative mom, massage therapist, business owner, lover of friend gatherings, all-time annual family talent show winner, brings her drive and business savvy to every episode. Our sponsor for this episode is me, Allie of the Massage Business Mama. During all of this COVID craziness, I have had to learn how to pivot my massage practice to stay relevant and swim, not sink. In making these tough decisions, I created a workbook to help myself make conscious and informed choices as to how to move forward. The workbook, Massage Practice Reimagined, Redefining Your Massage Business After the COVID Crisis, is a 36-page interactive guide to help you move forward in a post-COVID landscape. It retails for $12, but for Align with the Massage Business Mama listeners, you can get it for $4.99. Go to www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com to shop this workbook. At checkout, use coupon code PODCAST, all in caps, to get your discount. And please, let me know how the workbook helps you work through this crisis. Something I haven't shared with you guys on the podcast yet is the fact that during this COVID crisis, I decided to downsize my massage practice. I went from having a four-room treatment center with a dozen or so therapists working for me to just me. Wow.
0: You know, Allie, I don't think you're alone in that experience. I think a lot of people found themselves confronted with some pretty difficult choices because of the COVID crisis and choices and changes that, you know, they probably wouldn't have had to face or make if not for the pandemic.
1: Yes, Absolutely. I've, I've spoken with many therapists who've made similar choices. And while this change does carry a lot of emotion, both good and bad, it definitely felt like the right thing to do in our current climate. As a single mother, I felt like I needed to either save the business or be a good mom. And for me, it wasn't even really a choice. So, when I began the hunt to find a new office, some of the places I came across were pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I took one of my, or I took my old office manager to one of the locations I was considering and her response was, "Oh, Allie, this just feels like the type, type of place you'd get a hand job." <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yikes, steer clear. <laughs> yeah, and I knew it. There were just certain things about the space that were really ideal. But you guys, we don't want to work out of places that have the hand job feel, no matter how good the location, how great the price, or any other factor. So let's dive into what we do want out of a massage office. Becca, you've rented a few spaces over the years. What have you found to be some of the most important factors for you in securing location? Um, definitely.
0: No hand job looking locations, <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, I haven't, I have rented only a few places and when my kiddo was little, I will say that it it has, my priorities have shifted from when my kiddo was little to now where she's in college. And I don't, that's not necessarily as big of a factor. So when she was little, the most important factor to me, um, was my distance from her. So I wanted to be close enough, especially as a single parent, that if there was an emergency, I could be there within a few minutes. So that made my search radius a little smaller, um, than, you know, it, it is now. Yeah. And I mean, that brings up really the, the highest priority in my opinion is location. Location is always, I mean, you just have to, I guess, assess what your goals are, what your priorities are. Um, and then location will always come in to factor in regards to those priorities. So the clientele that you're working with, if they're more of a elderly or, you know, potentially handicapped clientele, you, you might want to have a, you know, floor level office and those sorts of things. But also, I always, wanted my location to have a very professional feel and I think as a single mom you definitely think about security and just as massage therapists we should be thinking about that safety element for our clients and for ourselves. So a really professional location kind of sets you apart from any of those maybe less tasteful (laughs) environments or or vibes that you want to be in. So my first space Uh, I was renting a room in a chiropractic office, and I think anytime you can find a space where you're in a community setting of other healthcare professionals, you're really setting yourself up for success and removing any type of potential interaction with creepy clients, although maybe that's not always the case.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know that one of my concerns in a post-COVID climate is definitely safety. As a lot of therapists downsize and move into locations where they don't have reception teams and coworkers in an effort to minimize the spread of germs, they have to find other ways to protect themselves from creeps.
0: Yeah. Um, As I've moved forward and my kiddo's now out of the house, my top requirements are still location, (laughs) accessibility, visibility, and bathroom accessibility. I really like to have my own bathroom. i don't see like, I mean, I think everybody ideally would prefer to have a private bathroom for their clients, but price is usually the last factor. I feel like it's really important to check off all your boxes and then interview the landlord and make sure that it's a good fit there. Um, if everything else lines up and you have a poor experience with the landlord, doesn't matter how good the price is, it's just better to
1: walk away. Those are kind of my thoughts. How about you, Allie? For me, I feel like the number one factor when finding location is who my neighbors are going to be. My very first office was next to a noisy jewelry repair shop. And at all times of day, you could hear her Dremel and other power tools busy creating jewelry. It was super distracting. In the space I just moved out of, for years I had great neighbors, and then a pain management clinic moved in next door, and all of a sudden I had addicts loitering outside my doors, smoking cigarettes, and working on getting clean from hard drug use.
0: Oh wow, that changes the vibe a little.
1: Yeah, and I know pain management clinics are super important, I just don't want to be neighbors with them. As a side note, this pain management clinic did offer massage, so if you wanted to focus on this type of a population of people, maybe maybe a pain management clinic would make a great neighbor for you. But for <laughs> me, I'd already built up a steady clientele of healthy, active, adventure-seeking individuals who didn't appreciate the smoke as they walked towards my practice. Yeah. My point is, is that you want neighbors you can work with, and I think that also this brings into consideration the safety factor too having good neighbors is also a huge can be a huge safety benefit so the neighbors in my new office are firefighters and Mm -hmm. I can't help but feel a little bit safer having some firefighters next door (laughs) totally um so when talking about safety some things to consider is is it well lit is it isolated I've never used security cameras, but I don't think it's a bad idea. I know some therapists bring their dogs to work. Does the space allow you to bring your dog if you're considering this as a safety precaution? I feel like hours
0: of operation too might play into that as well. You know, if you're working into the night, if those are the hours that work best for you and your clients, then you will want to make sure that, you know, those certain things are met. But like me, I don't like to work after five. <laughs>
1: so, yeah. And that, that definitely reduces some of those, those factors for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of locations, years ago, when I was looking to expand my practice and bring therapists on board, one of the things that was super important to me was visibility. I wanted people to know where I was, regardless of whether or not they were patrons of my business. I wanted to be able to meet someone at a party and tell them where I worked and have them respond, oh yeah, over around the corner at Third and Oak. This was a decision made for marketing purposes. Having a visible location, in essence, is free advertising. But my priorities have shifted. When I went through the downsides, I'm I'm now a well-established business, and I'm not actively taking new clients, so I could care less about visibility. Parking is another factor I consider. You may not know what the parking situation truly is unless you scout it out at different times of the day and different days of the week. One of the offices I worked out of had a dance studio two doors down. There were certain times of the day when you could not find a parking spot, but other times when there was nobody there. I never would have known this had I not scouted out the location beforehand. And while for some businesses, this maybe would be a non-issue, ironically, their prime time was after school from two to five, which also happened to be my busiest hours of operation. Knowing this didn't deter me though, as there was a huge bank parking lot right across the street and the bank isn't too strict about their parking spaces. Now the office I just moved into has a yoga studio a few doors down which during normal times may be problematic, but due to COVID, it's not an issue right now as they're not offering in-person classes. Regardless, I signed a month-to-month lease at this office, so if parking does become a problem or if anything else does become a problem when things get back to a little bit more normal, uh, I do have an easy out. But it's also one thing to consider parking for myself and my client, and quite another to consider it for a team of staff. And all the clients that are associated with a bigger practice. So, you know, depending on the size of your practice, parking is going to be more or less of a big deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have found that being a sole, you know, practitioner in my space, parking, I've had places with good parking and with poor parking and communicating to your clients or my clients has worked great when it's just you, you only have one person coming in at a time. So you don't necessarily need a whole lot of parking. And just, I would communicate like peak hours of the day, you know, like mm, it might be a little bit hard for you to find parking today. You might want to come a little bit earlier. And, you know, I mean, the last place I was at, it was street parking for the most part. Uh, there was parking in the back, but it was usually always full. So, you know, communicating with your clients. And then, of course, if you're going to be having a treatment center or a place with more rooms, you are going to, parking's going to be a big deal, I think.
1: Yeah. But I think what you said about communicating is huge. I think that if your clients are expecting that they might have to walk a block or two, then they know it. And so it just eliminates a lot of frustration that otherwise might take place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when you're in charge of, you know, making the appointments and everything, you can really communicate this over the phone. There's no middleman to kind of, you know, maybe... Um, lax, be lax in that department. So, yeah,
1: know what they yeah. and I of. actually for my new office space, I created a page on my website that has all the information about parking, about mask wearing, about how I'm going to greet clients about my expectations for them all on a website. So that's been great because I've just been texting this link to this page and so it's nice. like the client has all the information so I don't have to spend a whole lot of time on the phone because I can't stand being on the phone.
0: <laughs> Very clever. Yeah, I don't I don't like it either. That's probably my least favorite part of having a practice is having to be your own uh, you know, receptionist.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know and I'm I'm like you know, getting back into that role after having a reception team for years. So I've found that having this link just it's just so easy to just send people there. And I have an online intake form for people to fill out there that you know, it's linked to at the bottom of the page. And so I don't have to like explain as much on the phone. So it's great. That's awesome. Another factor to consider is stairs. So depending on the type of clientele you serve, this may or not be may not be an issue. For me, I tend to do a lot of orthopedic injury type work, and I really appreciate not having stairs. I've had them in the past, and I just feel so bad when I watch someone hobble up on crutches. And usually, they have a pretty good attitude about it, but like, I just feel terrible about it.
0: Yeah, I've definitely plas- passed up places because there were too many stairs. And I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but the laundry factor. Are you going to be comfortable lugging (laughs) your laundry (laughs) up and down multiple flights of stairs, you know, if yeah, if there isn't any available in the facility and that sort of stuff. So, you know,
1: not just for your clients, but also
0: for your own body.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So speaking of stairs, is it handicap accessible? Is it the right price? Are utilities included?
0: Yeah, you know, the last place I was in, I thought the price was, it was too high in my opinion. But there was the potential to like block off an area where I could have a private bathroom. And after negotiating with the landlord, it included utilities. He worked it out so that I have the private bathroom. And, you know, for me, it made the price much more acceptable. So always negotiate. Or be open to negotiating with your landlord. It might be the perfect space if just a few things were tweaked and the price would be more agreeable. Or they might be willing to negotiate on the price. Depends on, you know, what their needs are and maybe
1: what your needs are. So I'm a little confused. Did he build out a private bathroom for you? Because?
0: No. So it was in a, it was in a residential, um, neighborhood. And so it was zoned for commercial use. So there was an office in front, uh, that was pretty big. And then there was the office in back and then a res- residential unit in the very, very back of the house. Um, the house was all kinds of charming. Loved it. The landscaping was beautiful. The location, the neighborhood is up and coming. But I had to share this bathroom with another office. And I didn't know who they were going to be. They were, um, it was an open building and had three rooms, which I wasn't looking for at that time. So, you know, for the price per square foot, I was like, mm, it was just, it was just too high uh, to have to share a bathroom with people I didn't know. And I didn't have any like control over who might come in. And so I was, you know, I let him know and he there was a door that he could put there so that I could have this private walkway and bathroom okay. attached to my office, which at that point, I mean, that was, that was the deal breaker for me. I I was, I was in yeah, love with the space already. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I feel like you really have to feel out your landlord, let them yeah. put, put them in the, the
1: sit, the seat of the you know, one being interviewed. Um, yeah, well, and trust your intuition. I think so often we forget to trust our intuition, but our intro- intuition is, it's it's usually spot on. So, you know, agreed. treat your interaction with your landlord like you would if you were meeting a client for the first time or if you were going on a date for the first time, like all those little red flags, they're important. Yeah, Absolutely. So a waiting room is, or a waiting area is another thing to consider. One thing I'm having a hard time adjusting to in my new location is having people pay within my treatment room. It's just, it's been so many years since I've experienced that and I don't love it, but I'm getting used to it.
0: Yeah. I had the same experience in the last place I was in. I mean, initially it was just like one big space and all transactions were kind of held over the table and it, does make it feel a little weird. <laughs> so luckily, yeah, kind of gross
1: almost.
0: Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um It just, it takes the professional level down a notch, Um yeah. I think. But, so my space was big enough to kind of, with a cute divider, I just created mm-hmm. this separation between the, you know, practice area and then the front area where we Took care of the financial portion and also like aftercare and that sort of stuff. So it really took it out of the treatment room. Not all spaces are big enough to do that. Luckily mine was. And it is, you know, always an option. There's, there's ways you can create little nooks where you can have kind of a different energy in your space.
1: Right, right. You can, uh, feng, feng shui your office. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Um, so communal space is another thing to consider. We've talked a little bit about like bathrooms. So like if there are communal bathrooms, who cleans it, who takes care of things like snow removal, lawn mowing, and just other things that are associated with having shared space.
0: Yeah. Having these clarified in the lease, I feel are really important. The last place I was at, I was in charge of my garbage disposal, which, you know, that was fine for me, but it was a Good thing to know, and that might not be fine for somebody else. Um, And it was written in the lease. So, all those little things are important.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then again, back to the bathrooms, you know, if they're communal, are there enough bathrooms for the amount of people that they service? Remember that in these in our current landscape that we're going to be washing our hands a lot more. And I know one thing that I'm doing is I'm having my clients every time they enter my space, I'm requiring that they wash their hands before they come into my treatment room. So that's, you know, a whole nother set of bathroom requirements that you know, you need to account for. So if it's just, you know, your one office with one bathroom, great. But if it's 10 offices sharing one bathroom, depending on how frequently those offices are occupied, it may not be enough bathrooms for the space provided.
0: Yeah, and who's cleaning those? You know, what kind of communal um, routine do you have on the
1: rotation? Yep. Uh, The energy? The energy of the space, I feel like, is another important thing. Yeah, I think this is important, but if everything else lines up well, sometimes
0: you know, it's it's up to us to create the energy. So if you have a negotiable landlord, you can, you know, ask if you can paint the space or add or detach features to create a more healing environment. Energy is super important, but I think some of the other things we've talked about that, that should maybe be on the, on the lower end of the list. Of course if it has a creepy vibe, stay away. A friend of mine found a place where the price was right. The location was right. Parking wasn't so great. Community was great. Uh, the energy in the room was terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it just like the way it was set up, it was cramped. There was extra stuff in there, like shelving and stuff like that. She asked her landlord and had it put in her lease that she could make some minor improvements like paint and small features could be added to the walls and taken away. And, now the space
1: is beautiful. It just needed just needed a little work. So I agree, but you know, if, again, if it's got that creepy back alley hand job feel to begin with, it's it's going to be a long way from like painting some walls to get that energy into the type of energy that you want to experience. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As a rule,
0: we've, I think if you get nothing else out of this podcast, Stay away from back alley hand job energy. <laughs> Let's make sure that that's firmly established.
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, added bonus if there's a laundry facility. Yeah,
0: I also have two cents. I'm going to add in here. <laughs> I like with the with the energy. I think laundry facility is amazing, but I feel like if everything lines up it's really just a nice bonus. It's not a big piece of finding a space. And I guess that would depend on what your business model looks like. If you're a multi-therapist treatment center, on-site laundry might be really important. If you're flying solo in your office, it's probably not that big of a deal. I've had both and I didn't feel a lack in the space that didn't have it.
1: Yeah, maybe. But I can tell you that coming from a place with laundry, it's been super hard to bring it home now. I think one of the main reasons that I've really been challenged by this is because I feel like every time I bring a load of laundry home, I'm potentially exposing my son to the virus because his bathroom doubles as my laundry room.
0: I think you bring up a good point here, Allie. Um, How you are personally impacted by COVID may affect certain personal requirements for space. So I personally lug all my laundry to the laundromat. I wear a face mask and glasses and I call it good. I don't have a little at home. So it might be a good compromise if you don't have laundry in your office to plan a play date for your little and get some work done while you're at the laundromat. COVID yeah. shifts so much for us.
1: Yeah. And I'm not even really comfortable with that right now. Yeah. Um, instead, I, I'm like trying to steer clear of laundromats. Like, I'm, I don't know, my son is going to daycare, but like, I'm like not doing play dates with his friends really. Like, I'm like, you know, not super comfortable even that I, I know that we all have different comfort levels. So it's, you know, what works for you. But what I've found that works is I have I researched what's the longest time period that the virus can stay on surfaces. And the longest time period that I found that it could stay on surfaces was seven days. So what I did, I work, I work five days a week. So I bought five Rubbermaids. And every day, the laundry from that day goes into a Rubbermaid and then it goes down into my garage. And then I wait seven days to bring the laundry into my home. But this took me a couple of weeks to figure out the system. So yeah, that's a great system. Yeah, you might have you have to have space for it. And you know, I mean, it's not gonna work for everyone. But for me, I finally feel like I'm like reclaiming my house and that my son can bathe and like brush his teeth at his sink again. And so that's really good. Yeah, yeah, it does heighten everything. Oh my goodness. Another thing to consider is your landlord. Finding a good landlord is key. They can make or break a location.
0: I couldn't agree more, Allie. This piece right here is so crucial.
1: Yeah, some landlords are totally by the books, while others are more flexible. Some tell you one thing, but then you come to find out that they were just trying to make the deal. This is, again, I talked about this a little bit before, but your intuition here is so, so, so key. And make sure that you get everything in writing. Yep.
0: It is beyond important to get everything in writing. And, you know, it doesn't matter in, in small towns. It might be your friend that is the landlord. Get everything in it writing. Doesn't <laughs> it doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so you've um, just gotten a new location how how did all that go with your new landlord
1: yeah um so you know I definitely made sure to get things in writing and actually I my landlord that I had before that like we were friends and he was a little more flexible but this landlord I could tell from the start like it he was a little bit more legalistic. And so I've been super, super cautious. And another, another heads up I had, I had a friend who's been renting from him. And so she kind of gave me a little bit of a heads up because during the COVID crisis, My old landlord was so generous with me and like let me off the hook for rent and, you know, let me move out of the space and didn't financially hold me accountable for anything. Well, my friend who'd been renting from my new landlord told me, oh, I didn't get a break on rent and he wasn't willing to work with me about anything. And so when I was negotiating this new lease, I made sure to have a COVID clause, basically stating that if I was shut down because of COVID that I would be off the hook for the remainder of the lease. Granted, right now I'm only doing month to month because I didn't, something that I normally would never consider a month to month lease. But right now that was, that was what I felt comfortable with. But regardless, I'm, if I get shut down, I'm off the hook for any future. Cause I think I have like 60 days that I have to give him. So I'm off the hook for those 60 days and if I get shut down mid month, I get my money back for the half of the month, but I wasn't able to use the space. So, Oh, wow.
0: That's
1: it's, awesome. It's, yeah, pretty key.
0: I have a quick question. Yeah. How long were you in in the space in your previous location?
1: So I was in my old office for almost 11 years. Wow.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure that if you were there for like six months or a year, maybe their reaction during the COVID experience might have been a little different.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe well, not I mean, maybe not. But No, I think I think you bring up a really good point is like when I first moved into that location eleven years ago, we negotiated something very different than what throughout the time throughout the course of that eleven years transpired. And, you know, having a good relationship with my landlord and getting to know how he operated and what was important to him and what made him tick made it a lot easier to negotiate with him for different needs and desires that I had in the space because I really, I moved around within that building. So when I first started renting from him, I rented one room and then I moved to the basement of the building and then I moved to the main floor and then I like created extra treatment rooms within the space. And so, you know, having that relationship and that trust definitely changed things for sure.
0: And that's that's a huge piece, too, that I think it's important to bring up is landlords are taking a risk on the person that they're inviting into their space, too. You know, so yeah. the more time you put in to building that trust in the relationship, the more prosperous it can be for both parties like a landlord is going to be way more keen to have someone who's invested in being there for the long term and not not every landlord of course like it depends on the personality but for the most part you know if you jive they'll be so stoked that you're there for the long haul and they'll really i'm willing willing to like
1: bend bend the rules or like make make exceptions that type of thing yep exactly but you know You know, another thing, Becca, like, I feel like right now, you're right, that landlords are interviewing you and that landlords are going to want to make sure that it's a good fit. But right now, we as renters hold so much power. Now is the time that you guys, if you aren't comfortable with negotiating right now, get comfortable now because landlords need us and they're going to be more open to your needs and requests than they would otherwise. So it might feel hard to negotiate, but right now figure out what it is that you want. Don't be afraid to ask because they need renters. Yes, absolutely. Go in with a list
0: and it's, you're you're doing the interview.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I also want to talk a little bit more about how things have changed when looking for a space since COVID. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but one of the reasons that I liked the hand job place that I told you guys about in the beginning of the episode was because it was completely self-contained. You walked into the front door and there was like a little kind of waiting area. It didn't have a separate door, but it was like a distinct cutout waiting area. And you walked a little bit further and there was like a distinct part of the room for a desk and then there was like the distinct part of the room for the massage space, and then there was a private bathroom within the space. So there was no passing through entryways where multiple people might be touching doorways or loitering from other businesses. And I just loved this idea of like preventing the spread of germs. But it, it all of that wasn't enough to make it worth it.
0: <laughs> um, the hand job space just didn't have the the right vibe for you.
1: It had, it had some glaringly <laughs> obvious problems. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, another thing that I think that we need to state is just to take your time. Absolutely. It can be so exciting to get a space and you want to start up your practice immediately or to downsize and find that other location and <laughs> maybe make some rash decisions where you're like, Oh my God, now I'm in the hand job place and I'm committed to a year lease. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> you know, so it's so important to take your time and re- really make sure that the space suits you and has all the elements that are the most important to you. And that the ones that it doesn't have, you can live with over the long haul and take your time with your landlord too. Like, like we've said before, you know, Interview them and just check off all your boxes. Take your time and know that the right space will find you and you will find it and it will be wonderful. But if you push yeah. it, you might end up in a nasty back alley hand job place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what a terrible message. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to add to this, uh, this specific episode, Allie?
1: Uh, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, it is super exciting finding a space and figuring out, you know, how you're going to set things up and, you know, that's, that's fun. So enjoy the process.
0: Yeah, definitely. It is a fun process. Well, to wrap up this episode, we've definitely included a lot of things to look for, but the really important, crucial, important ones in our opinion are... Make sure that you have the right kind of neighbors, location, 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 safety, and landlords. We hope you all enjoyed this episode and Allie and I will meet you on the air next time.
1: Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.